All right, everybody. So why am I qualified to be the host of a podcast called Best Dating Advice Ever? Who is Paul Roseberry? What led you here? All right, let's break it down real quick. The reason is because I grew up a very awkward kid. I had, oh my God, I was behind the eight ball. Uh, I grew up in New Hampshire and that's not the hard part though it adds to it a little bit, I guess, in some ways. Uh, I, was, uh, I grew up a poor, fat, stuttering vegetarian and the vegetarian was not my choice. It, it, it was my parents were hippies. I didn't have meat till I was 12 years old. So in school, I always, the lunch ladies had to make me like the weirdest hot lunch. It like, it was bizarre. It was like a scoop of peanut butter on a spork and like two different color pieces of bread. It was all just to meet the, anyway, I stood out. Kids were always like, what's wrong with this? Such a weird lunch. You know, they'd see my parents drop me off at school in a car that was spray painted. Uh, we were the weird ones. You know what I mean? I was super tall. I was tall, which sounds cool, but not when you're like way taller than everybody and I was fat. So I stuck out like a sore thumb. The stuttering kids just always wanted to pick on me and they did, they bullied me. Um, it's not a sob story, you know, but it definitely led to my being becoming a comedian for one thing. It, there was just too much material to leave on the table. And also you gotta laugh to get through that. Otherwise, I don't know, you just become a psycho living in the woods. But uh, so I grew up really awkward. And when you grow up that awkward, you carry that into dating. And so I was super, like, even though I got to be more fun in high school and, you know, I had friends and, you know, I was better at making jokes here and there, but, um, and, and I got better looking, I'd like to say, but uh, I still didn't have skills. I didn't know what I was doing. I was still embarrassed. I was really embarrassed about like, you know, just how we grew up and my mom was kind of a hoarder. There was always just stacks of junk and that, like, the house was torn apart. Like my mom, as soon as we, we finally got a house, we moved out of this really bad neighborhood of apartments and we finally got a house. And then my mom immediately tore it up and she didn't have any money to fix it. She just gutted the inside. We had bare studs. We, we, we had this cabinet that used to be up on the wall. That became like our, our island bar in the kitchen with a piece of plywood on top. That was our countertop. So it was... It was grimy. It wasn't the kind of house where you wanted to bring a girl home to, you know, even to hang out in high school. It, it was it was a very embarrassing yowzer. So it was an embarrassing upbringing. So I didn't have confidence when it came to asking girls out because I felt like I was wasting their time, really. You know, like if a girl was hot enough for me to be interested in her, why would she want to go out with me? It was kind of a catch-22, you know, like... Uh, that's kind of how I felt. So eventually, you know, the thing that did help me was persistence. I knew I wanted to get good at relationships. I knew I wanted to get good at dating. So I did really everything I could. And a lot of stuff I didn't know I was doing that that, that would help. Like jobs like being a waiter, being a, 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 a cashier at the grocery store, a bagger, you know, for a while, just chatting with people. But also talking to any girl that I had interest in. Once I got out of high school and I went to college, which I didn't get accepted, I snuck in, I wasn't even supposed to be there, but whatever. I, I walked around school with a, with a clipboard because I heard that you could have your own TV show on the closed circuit uh, TV station at UNH. So... I went around with a clipboard and I just asked any girl who was hot, hey, I, I get this TV show that I'm starting, you know, would you wanna be a guest on my TV show? 
I had this list of, of girls who wanted to be on my show. Turns out I couldn't have the show. I wasn't allowed to because there was this hippie kid with his, you know, Birkenstocks and beard. And when I told him the show, I wanted to call it Drinking with Chicks. He was like, yeah, you can't do that. And I'm like, why not? I, it's, yeah, we're in college. Like, people drink. I want to just drink with chicks and hang out and record it and just talk and, you know, see what's going on, talk about campus life, whatever. He's like, no, you can't. This, we're not going to have an alcohol-based TV show. I said, you're a square, man. You're not going to. You, you could benefit from this show. But that's just an, that's an idea as to how... I stayed persistent. I just, I wanted to learn. So I just figured crash and burn, crash and burn, crash and burn until you stop crashing. And that's kind of what went on. You know, I, um, eventually I started to figure some stuff out and I started to have a little bit of luck and I learned and I, I paid attention to what, what interests people, you know, um, I learned, I started to pay attention to the things that interested me about other people. I also learned, and this is crucial as time goes on, you've got, this is a, a key point of what I bring to the table because now I, I, I am a dating coach. I, I, I do it professionally. Uh, I, I meet with people one-on-one, -on -one. Um, it, which is something that I didn't intend. I just, one time at work, I saw this guy when I was in New York City, this buddy of mine he had gotten broken up with. He looked really upset. And I knew enough about him and things he had mentioned about the girl that I kind of had an idea as to what was going on. I said, all right, why don't we, during lunch, let's go outside and why don't we text her? And we started texting this girl and I said, all right, text her this. And then she responded. He's like, oh wow, she responded. I said, yeah, I know. Text her this. And then she responded. He's like, dude, what are these things you're saying? And I'm like, just follow along, try to pay attention to exactly what I'm saying. I'll go over everything afterward to make sure we're on the same page and we're not gonna send her anything that you're not comfortable with, but Watch what happens here. And in the course of about 30 minutes, we went from them being broken up to, I finally, I, I was running out of time. And I said, can I just have your phone and I'll start texting her and I won't press send until you agree. He says, do whatever you want. So by the time I was done texting her, I said, okay, you're having dinner with her tonight at the PF Chang's right next to your apartment. And you guys are good. You're back together. And he was like, you've got to be kidding me. I said, don't be late. She's expecting you. And it's right next to your apartment. This is, she's hoping this goes well. You know, so from there, I help another guy at work. Next thing you know, a couple people start asking me, hey, what's going on with this and that? I was in real estate. I had a couple clients, you know, call me up with problems. There was one kid, there was one kid who got dumped right over Christmas and it was brutal and he was really upset. And Chelsea and I, my amazing girlfriend, Chelsea of nine years, you will hear her as OCC off camera, Chelsea. You'll hear her chiming in right now. She's lost her voice and, uh, that's unfortunate for all of us, but she'll be in many more episodes to come. But she and I both would text this kid, in quotes, what to say to the girl, and then outside of quotes, why you're saying it. And in the course of, I don't know, a week and a half, he went from being dumped so hard by this girl that she didn't even want him to be at his own apartment when, he, when she went by to get her stuff. Actually, it may, might have been worse. She might have wanted him to bring her stuff, like her, her clothes, to her parents' place in New Jersey, but she didn't even want to be there when he was going to... Like, she just didn't want to see him. In about a week and a half time, we turned it around to the point where she posted a picture on Instagram of the two of them saying how excited she was to have a second chance with him. She was excited about having a second chance 
with him. And I think it was like hashtag new beginning or something like this. So what I'm saying is my stuff works. All right, let me be very clear. <laughs> my stuff works, dude. This has taken a long, a long piece of my life. It's been a very important focus of mine. And I've gotten very, very good at breaking down relationships, understanding why people act the way they do, why people react the way they do. I'm not perfect. I don't claim to be, but my God, it is not a joke that the name of this podcast is Best Dating Advice Ever and Ever's in caps. And, and to go a little further, I actually wanted to call it Best Dating Advice in the World, but it was a little wordy and I pay attention to marketing. So I went with Best Dating Advice Ever. Um, in closing, as we get forward to some of the examples that we're going to break down, some of the write-ins people have sent us with, with questions about dating and relationships. Um, yeah, you know what? I mean, there's just there's just more than we can even get into here. But I will always say this is not a misogyny thing. This is not an Andrew Tate. This is I'm here because I don't think there's real advice for guys. And, and I do focus a lot on guys. I'm, I love helping women. And any advice I give the guy is of mutual benefit to the girl as well. Always, always, always. I don't do one-sided shit. I don't do mind games. I don't do weird. Everything is very transparent and it's very above the board because when you see here of books, there was a book that came out years ago called The Game. Oh, it was if you're a nerd and you have no self-esteem and you don't want to fix that, then instead here are some creepy weirdo tricks from a guy in a furry hat who calls himself mystery that can help you to like touch a girl's hand at a bar. It was so cringe, so creepy. I always said the game should have come with a, a part two. How to do dentistry at home on yourself after you get your teeth knocked down your throat by that girl's brother, because it's gonna happen. I don't do the weird stuff. It's, it's all straightforward. It's mutually beneficial. And, and what really drives me, I feel like guys are running low on role models right now. I really do. I think that masculinity is getting stomped all over. I think that a lot of guys aren't aware of where they can look to learn about how to develop their masculinity. Masculinity, even the term toxic masculinity, I, I, I can't stand any of that. Women want men. That's what's going on here. That's where you're going to get here. I help guys to become men. I work with nice guys. Those are my favorites. I don't work with jerks. First off, jerks generally don't really want advice because they think they've got it all figured out. And, you know, if this chick doesn't like him, then she's stupid or whatever. Let those guys figure it out on their own. I only work with people who want to grow. I work with people who ask questions because they're interested in listening and growing. Nice guys. I work with nice guys. I'm a nice guy. Got my butt kicked for a while because I didn't understand defense. I didn't understand balance. I didn't know how to present myself. I, I, I didn't realize what now I help other guys to learn, which is self-marketing. I teach you how to market yourself. I teach you how to develop your own personal story. Understood, not a made up story, like your own real story, who you are, what you've done, what you're about, what your interests are, where you want things to go for yourself, why you get out of bed in the morning some of your own just stories about how you grew up, whatever, so that you understand better who you are. You understand better how to present yourself to others, not even just women, but I mean, everywhere you go. So, but specifically in, for, for, for relationship purposes, how to present yourself to, to women and how to hold the interview. So many guys who I meet, 
Tell me this doesn't resonate. You see a hot girl at the bar and you want to go up to her and talk to her. So what do you do? You start to notice, you know, your palms are sweaty, mom's spaghetti, just like Eminem, baby. You know, you start to get a little nervous and then you think to yourself, what do you think? Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I think a few of us have thought, man, that girl's really hot. You know, she's probably got all the coolest guys, you know, tripping over already. Who am I? You know, like, I don't say shit. Like, I'm just going to go up there and embarrass myself. I'm going to try, but she's going to say no. And, you know, I'm not as cool as the guys who she could have. Basically, you're saying if you were her, you wouldn't sleep with you is basically what you're saying. So then by the time you've, you've filled your head with all this junk, you go up to her. And then when you start talking, you don't hear a word she says. You're barely present because you're thinking about why am I here and what is she thinking about me and how is this ever going to go well? So you're not present in the moment. You're not listening. And all you're doing is just subconsciously letting her know she should take the free drink if it's available and get out of here. It's how we all do it in the beginning. But what I teach you is how to turn the table. Once you've established, once we've helped you to understand who you are and, and, and why you're valuable, why you're an awesome piece of a relationship, one of my favorite lines, I'd rather be a whole half than half whole. Meaning, I'd rather be a whole half of a relationship waiting to meet another half than half whole. Don't go into it all, you know, uncertain of yourself and unsure and, and you know, just bringing a whole bunch of problems to the table for somebody else to solve. That's not what we're here for. You don't want to dump that on somebody else and it's not attractive. Notice the word dump was already brought up and that didn't even begin. So I teach you how to bring balance, how to recognize your own value so that when you do go talk to a girl, if she is single and interested in, in meeting a good guy, then you can be aware that she has a problem to solve too. Not a bad problem, but she also has a need. She has an interest. She'd like to meet a good guy. So great. Now you can become a solution. You're not a bum. You're not a waste of her time. You're a solution to a problem she'd like to solve. And when we really get good at it, then you start to realize, well, now that you're excited about your own personal product and who you are and what you bring to a relationship, well, once you settle down, you're only going to be able to, 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 to bring that, that product, for lack of a better term, you know, and it sounds a little surface, a little retail-y, but we'll call it a product, to one person. You can't marry nine women at once. I don't know. Maybe if you do it wrong with the course of your life, you might, but... So then you become a little more selective in yourself. And do you understand what kind of a change that creates in your mind to be able to say, hey, I'm going to go talk to this girl because she, she seems interesting. She looks hot and she seems like maybe, I don't know, just someone who'd be interesting to know. But while you're talking to her, you want to know more about if she's a fit for you. So how do you do that? You ask her questions about her. People love to talk about themselves. Already fun for her. You ask her questions about herself. Then when she's answering... You have to know if she's a fit for you. There's a reason you ask the questions. What do you do? You listen. Whoa, wait a minute. You're a guy who likes to ask her about her and a good listener? This is crazy. You're kind of already crushing this. And then you can start to decide if you have re relevant pieces of conversation to add to that. See if the conversation takes off on its own and carries its own little fire. And if it does, great. And if it doesn't, then you say, hey, it was really nice chatting with you. I got this thing. I got to run over here. But, um, you know, have a nice night. And you're just a cool guy who's now saying no to hot girls because they're not particularly attractive to your personal interests. You know how awesome that is when you start saying no to people that you thought were probably cooler than you before because you didn't know how to present yourself? You didn't have a plan? Anyway, 
That's kind of long story short on how this is going to go. I'm going to teach you a lot of stuff. If you listen in, you're going to get everything you need to know about how to be successful in relationships. It's a bold statement and it's easy because I've got a roadmap. It's a lot of work. You've got to do it and you've got to be serious. But if you do that, it'll work. So buckle up, buttercup. We're going to have a good ride. We're going to get into this episode and start listening to dating questions coming up next. I'm Paul Roseberry, guys. And this is the best dating advice ever.